Transplanter RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG. We are an all transgender, people of color led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition live streamed actual play campaign set in an original non colonial anti orientalist world. I am your game master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and my cast is as follows. C. Thomas plays Oka Hien, an Osamar Bloodhunter. Max Guo plays Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra Artificer. Erica Flaidlin plays V. Noxherzo, an Elf Sorcerer. Valiant Dorian plays Vasca, a Yuanti Bard. Hamna Shahid plays Jaron Cotter, a Dragonborn Rogue. Dare Hickman plays Gentle, a Triton Monk. Quinn B. Rodriguez plays Sitlali, a Changeling Cleric. And Austin Knight plays Abiku Ishtar, a Reborn Goliath Ranger. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include complex and complicated relationships, romance, flirting, references to sexual entanglements, fantasy violence, death of loved ones, and trauma. Arc 6, Episode 11. I Will Answer to Knife. From Underbelly by Nicole Homer. Arms plunged into boiling water, hair hanging limply in front of glazed eyes. The memory of Jaron Cotter kneels on the precipice of death. Their body is taut with fear, brittle shadows of despair lining the hard ridges of their mouth. Their gaze is fixed on a tragedy none of you can see, tears rolling down flushed cheeks in cold desperation. Oka, your eyes are trained on the lover that killed your friend. The edges of their body pull into sharp relief like an image coming into focus, and the rest of Moreau's, the screaming, the ice, the blood, fades away like light melting into shadow until there's nothing left but Jaron. A glowing silhouette, a face etched open in pain, charred arms sitting dead in an empty lap. Here, in this snapshot of grief, time distend. You feel it warping against your soul like shrink wrap, bubblegum fog. This is a shattered glimpse into Jaron Cotter's psyche, the night of the cataclysm, and Oka, you see the empty. Not as all-consuming eldritch terror, but as mundane grief, pain, an unanswered question. Jaron Cotter is giving up. And with every passing second, his body begins to fade. They're dying. Surrounded by chaos, by pain, by the deaths of their parents, Jaron Cotter is yielding into nothingness. 
Oka, you stand in this interminable darkness close to them yet so far away and you sense his soul bleeding out into the vanishing ethereal and you feel small. This place, this destiny, this fate is not your own. This isn't the silent grove where your soul had jurisdiction. This is someone else's future entirely, and you have no power here. What do you do? Oka looks on in first confusion, like empty confusion. They never heard about this. John never told them about this. They never talked about what happened on the cataclysm. What is this? Where are they? What's going on? And that like panic starts to mount in them as I think like they stop running after Shuhai. They stop running after Sen and they just kind of get stuck watching. This like confusion, this panic dawning over them. This, is, this isn't right. No, no, no. He doesn't die here? No, he doesn't die here. Shuhai, he doesn't die here! What? Shuhai! And Oka turns. What? 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 What is this? It's just darkness surrounding you, wrapping you up in a nebulous cocoon, and the glowing limbed outline of Jaron getting fainter and fainter with every passing moment. You turn your eyes, flung open in wild desperation, and you see Shuhai Miao, the only other person you can glimpse in this space, glowing, ethereal like you are. And in their arms, you see they've caught Sen, a fox with antlers protruding from a furry forehead, Wet snout looking left and right, whiskers crinkling, Shuhai has this fox hugged close to their chest, their long alabaster hair in that tall ponytail sweeping past their pleasant robes, and they look at you with those mismatched eyes, their brow crinkling. This isn't me, this isn't my memory, this came from you. One of you didn't it. What is this? Who is that? Who is that to you? <laughs> it's, 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 uh, and they look and they don't really have the words, right? But the expression on their face, I think, is answer enough for who that is. It's, what, <laughs> why? Why can't I, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't feel them. Why can't I feel them? This is not your destiny. Oka, this is someone else's, and this person of yours. And Shuhai's eyes narrow, and they, like, fix onto you, uh, and they're gonna detect thoughts on you. Are you gonna resist? Okay. No. You see memories flinging past your eyes, uh, almost in, like, holographic projection that both you and Shuhai can see. And it's like you're standing in the middle of a uh, tunnel and the wind is warping past you, and you just see these echoes of scenes we've seen in the past play out against the warped walls uh, of memory. Uh, we see you and Jaron meeting, you know, for the first time in the Hounds. We see the two of you laughing, holding each other in each other's arms. And then we see the two of you parting ways after the cataclysm. We see Jaron lost and confused. We see you on all your adventures through Dabathati, and then the stage with the chrysalis, Ravi, the scream, Adam, mother's blood, the puncture wounds, her death, 
the regret, the anger, Karishma Bhattaval's secret garden, the breakup, the absence, the grief. And all of those memories shatter into nothingness as Shuhai reels a little bit, still gripping onto Sen, and recognition, realization trickles down their expression like frost off a window pane in the dead of winter. Well, maybe they are supposed to die here. They killed your friend, didn't they? Why save them? And Oka doesn't really have an answer for that. They kind of look at their hands, look up at Jaron, this like mounting panic as they can still feel them getting further away. This blood promise, this tether, like pulling against the inside of their ribs, this like the promise, like this thin strand of gossamer that is about to snap between them. No, 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 I, I can't, I can't, I can't. And they look up. And they remember the way that Vasca's face cracked open with grief. They remember the way that Sitlali's voice rang out through the secret garden, asking them not to leave. They remember the way that Dewey looked the first time that the two of them talked about monsters and monstrosity and forgiveness and redemption. Mercy's face the same as their own, standing in front of Ravi's funeral. Her words, their words. No, I, I can't lose them both. It's worse if I lose them both. Please, please, please. You can have Sen, you can keep doing whatever you want, please. Just, just let me help. Please, I hurt him so much, and I haven't gotten to say sorry. I haven't gotten to apologize everything that I've put them through. Please, please let me... Not, not thinking that I would never come back for them. Please let me, please. Gods, fucking damn it. And Shuhai flings Sen at you. Uh, and you see this fox arc through the air, make a perfect leap, a perfect slice through the darkness, and sink and melt in through your chest and into your soul. And I need you to lose eight max HP. Okay? Like, as you, as, as Sen just enters you, there's like a moment where I think your, your chest rises upward like it's drawn toward the ceiling of this unending darkness by a magnet and i think your feet actually arch and pick up off the floor as well uh as you start to glow with this like bright emerald green color sort of shooting out of your skin and like your eyes start to flicker with light uh like it's struggling to come out though it hasn't completely switched on and like the light flickering off your skin is erratic and unstable and sen within you feels like <sighs> swirling, painful, grief-stricken change. Just like it's unwriting and rewriting your molecules. And we see like your skin just warp and then turn uh, stone-like and then turn into scales and then turn into fur and then turn into like a tra translucent glass and then back into, I think you're like gray drow-like skin. Uh, and Shuhai sort of looking up at you as you start to float up off the ground, but something's 
wrong, Oka, and I need you to lose another eight max HP. And Shuhai, you can hear them go, no, 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 something's, something's wrong. Oka, Oka, give them back. I can fix this. I'll spare your friend or whatever. Just, just give, send back. And I need you to lose another eight max HP. I can't even do that much math. Yes, 24. Okay. Okay. Uh, Oka is having a hard time hearing Shuhai Meow. Uh, as their entire soul, I think, is getting rearranged. Like a rusty cog in a wheel in a in like a clock suddenly churning against every other gear, gr- like grinding against the inside of their soul, like trying to start, trying to click. Uh, but Oka is like, through, they can focus through pain, right? They can focus through pain. Pain is nothing. They felt this before. Pain is nothing. They can control pain. And I think they like reach out through time and space at Jaron Cotter and they say, I made a promise to you. I can't keep it if you're dead. And then I think the pain like hits them underneath the gut uh, and they cry out in pain. Lose another eight max HP. Uh, As you're going to hemorrhage eight max HP per second, that scent is inside your body. And I think it's been at least five, eh? Uh, (laughs) At least, (laughs) if not more. And... As soon as you say those words to Jaron, you see his head actually lift up as he seems to see you for a split second through the fog of time, through the haze of memory, past his own shattered psyche. And you see his mouth like just sort of like start to form an O, the opening of your name. And then like uh, his the fading edges of his body crystallize back into tangible reality. And poof, morose. The pagoda, the silent grove, the beach, every single place that you all have visited flung through space and time just smash into each other. Uh, And Sitlali, Vasca, and Dewey, the three of you uh, burst back into time. This entire time, I think time was stopped for the three of you. as soon as you arrived in Moreau's, and then you just see those cracks of reality begin to splinter through air and space again. And in the middle of it all, cobwebbing out of it, uh, the black hole causing this disturbance in graviturgic reality, we see Oka still floating in the air, sends corrupted energy. Something's wrong here. A beaming out of you, just like unstably in these bright gouts of light. I need you to lose another eight max HP as Shuhai reaches forward through the swirling reality, breaking into a thousand pieces all around you and says, that's enough. You're not ready. And they're going to plunge their hand into your chest and rip Sen back out. I don't think Oka can do anything to stop them. And on that ripping, uh, sort of like Shuhai has unzipped this entire sequence, we see every single shattered pane of reality just sort of fold into a single line. And as like the top and the bottom sort of like form like an equal plane, like the scales of justice writing themselves, we are back at the top of the pagoda, like nothing has changed at all. And all of you find yourselves standing like on that balcony, Dr. Aluso by the tea table, Shuhai 
Uh, that spell work that had formed a half dome around them is gone. Uh, but they're holding onto Oka's, the front of Oka's shirt in one hand, and the scruff of a fox with the other. That's just like the glowing outline of a fox, and they slam that fox back into their chest and drop Oka and then also drop down uh, onto their feet. And now all of you are back. Ah! <laughs> uh, uh. Ness, I, ah, what, what was that? What was that? Your soul, it's too shattered. It's not complete. You're, you're in more than one place at once, Oka. That other version of you we saw back in the Silent Grove that's still in the after, the, the Makoya. We need it. We need them. Without them also in you, this will never work. You won't be able to hold Sen. You'll die. Uh, and I think Oka, I think they were sitting on the ground. They just kind of like put their head in both of their hands and sit there for a long minute. At this juncture, Hitsagatan has sprung up from the tea table, has scrambled around the mats on the ground and has is kneeling down next to Oka immediately as soon as all of you reappear. Oka! Oka, are you right? What, what happened? Shuhai, Sidali, Voska, Dewey, Mercy, what happened? Voska's headed straight to Oka, cause I think she would have the awareness that Oka's not doing very well, and it has something to do with soul stuff, and she is immediately there, sliding right up next to Oka, and is already beginning to like channel her soul magics by whistling and trying to get a tether on how Oka is doing, kind of like a, like a diagnostics machine. Ooh, okay, make a medicine check with advantage for me. Hey, remember the last? Hey, remember when we had a level up and I took skill expert? I took one for medicine, so maybe I have okay, a plus maybe 10. not advantage. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should give. Don't maybe don't give me advantage. I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's straight. That's a gay skill roll. Go for it. Uh, that is a twenty-five total. Okay, a twenty-five total. Uh, <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm sorry, but not really. <laughs> you stalk forward with parable, and immediately we start to see if it's okay with you. Like Oka on the ground, hunched over, and you're drawing out this aurora borealis of their soul out through like their hunched over, rounded spine, and we just sort of see a golden soul, right, interstitched through with blue, interstitched through with, I think, faded remnants of red from Vinash's presence still lingering like an echo, like the smell of Vinash is still there, right? And this is just like a fucked up, it's all, all kinds of colors corrupted and hazed together, and they're all unstable. They look like they're writhing in pain, because taking Sen in was sort of like dropping a shark uh, into a feeding area and it just caused a frenzy and now the shark is gone but there's just just a lot of like ripped up remains in its wake so literally all of Bosco's work last time is practically undone all the stitches have ruptured yes fuck okay I think with Dr. Aluso like right by Bosco's side probably holding Oka uh, in this moment and you see Bosco's Bosca has no filter anymore. Like, it is plain upon her face the danger 
and panic as she kind of looks at Dr. Ojivas. It's all undone. No. No, Oka, Oka, hey, hey, you're gonna be okay, Oka, all right? We're going to fix your soul, right, Voska? Silali! Voska looks at Silali in a... I hate to have to look at you this way, but I have to. And I think Silali was already at your shoulder, Voska, and they're just staring down at Oka. And quietly, without looking away, like, will not take their eyes off of Oka. Hey, Dewey, do you have the jar? We're going to use the jar to... No. I mean, someone's going to have to stab me. I assumed it would be Oka, but it seems like it might need to be somebody else. I'll do it. And Mercy steps forward. Uh, And you see that, like, her fists are clenched at either side of her hip, and she's got, like, a really serious and grim and set expression on her face. I can't lose someone else. I'll do it. Are you sure, Beth? Positive. Dewey, get the jar. Dewey holds out the jar and shields his eyes. This is the jar that, um, the god shard of Galtanger has blessed and currently resides within, right? Uh, So you pick the jar off of, this is your god weapon, basically. This is your paragon weapon. You pick the jar forge uh, off of your hip, which is all of you can see is thrumming with like gold and energy. And you feel it just sort of vibrating with the same kind of power that Parable, Grim all have as Dewey holds it forward in feathered hands. He does sort of like a, a quick prayer to Galtanger. There's no telling what this is going to do, uh, what this jar is capable of. He's not one to pray to gods usually, uh, but of desperation, just like, please, whatever you do, don't let my friend die. <laughs> in this process. Ooh, uh, roll me, you know what? Roll me a d20 and just roll me a d20, roll me a d20. You want to ask that it do? Oh, that's a nat 20. Spoken. <laughs> I feel like this table. I never ruled out twenties. The die has spoken. The die has spoken. You breathe out this genuine, soft but small but big prayer to Galtanger as you offer this jar to Sitlali, and you feel it feel her glow warmly and bracingly against your hands and you get the sense you get the sense that you've reached her with that and Sitlali the god jar is offered to you it is a beautiful receptacle I think shot through with strands of gold like uh, kintsugi craftwork looks like it was shattered once but then brought you know melded back together and it's quite elegant and um Sitlali you're offered this handsome vase what do you do Silali takes it, and I don't, I don't know if this is going to work on this plane, but I think it's easier than trying to cast when you're dead. Um, or is it? Woo. Um, Silali is going to cast Locate Creature on Makoya Hien to try and ping the after that they have been to. It helps that they have been there. Um to make sure that when they go to the after, they can fuck off from their own after entrance, LMAO, sorry, Leaf, um, and try to go to McCoy's. 
Mm, okay. Yeah. You're, you center yourself. And I think, go ahead. Okay. Uh, and I think as, as, if you're like drawing the sigil for it in the air, I think Oka finally like makes a noise. Mm-hmm. Let me, uh, and they reach up and I think they're just like, their nose is bleeding. It's been bleeding, right? They just wipe it up and just kind of, they don't move from the ground, but they extend their hand up and the blood like flows upward, like a uh, rain falling backwards and knits itself into your spell work. Mm. So Oka's blood is now attached to it, in it, part of it. Okay. Uh, Sidlali, this is going to be a misnomer. It's not actually an attack, uh, but I need you to make an attack roll, a uh, spellcasting attack roll with advantage, given Oka's help. Okay. That is a natural 17 plus 10, so 27. Okay. So as you draw this sigil in the air and we see crimson droplets float backward and upward to join this arcane spell work, for you, Sitlali, it kind of feels like a bell ringing out with you as like the terminal station as you're trying to reach into the ethereal plane on the cusp of the cataclysm here, right? On, on Adolin when the veils have thinned and you sense, I think, your own after somewhere out there, right? And then you allow the blood to point yourself toward Nikoya's after, which feels far away, but coming closer. You're pushing past the metaphorical brambles to reach an area you've never been before, and there, I think you see a pair of eyes flying open, blue with double pupils, an unscarred face, freckles, long black hair framing a handsome jawline. With a 27, you feel some sort of, um, it's not a barrier that's magical. It's a force, an entity, a person, something blocking you from getting to Makoya. Uh, with a 27, you glimpse who it is, but you are rebuffed anyway. Uh, Shuhai Miao from another life essentially parries your attempt uh, to reach McCoya while still alive uh, and like buffers you back into the now. Hey, Shuhai, when I'm dead, can you let me in this time? I... I am Makoya Hien's guardian farrier into the after. I can't communicate to myself to not do that because me at the time, this hasn't happened yet, and yet it still has. You need to be dead for this to work. Well, yes, that part is obvious. Then I'll do it. We can't keep wasting more time. The mercy right. steps forward. Hey, Vasca, heal them up for me, please. I will care for them. You stay close to me. Understand? I'll do my best. And I won't let go. And Vasca will look at Mercy. I won't let go. <sighs> Counting on you. And Mercy reaches for the great sword strapped to her back and unsheaths it. Mm, sit, Lolly. Yes, Come okay. Come sit and, with me. And they do. And Oka, like, gently, like they're full of pain and blood and they're kind of just like bleeding ambiently. They just pull you in for a hug and they like tuck the back of your head against like their neck and they hold you there really tightly and firmly and softly. It's gonna be fine. 
I'm gonna get it. We're gonna get Makoya for you. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna Sit be fine. Lolly. Breathe. And they do. Dying. That you know, don't you? Yeah. Together. And Mercy's blade pierces your heart. Sitlali goes slump against your body, Oka. As Mercy, with her eyes closed, wrenches the great sword out of Sitlali's back, turns around and falls to her knees. And Dr. Lusso also knelt there next to the two of you. You feel their fingers sort of close and grip on tight to one of your hands, Oka. And I think Oka starts singing a lullaby into you. Like the one I think that they were singing with their sisters, like on the way to the Silent Grove, right? Uh, it just kind of comes back hoarse and cracked. They let Silali's soul go. And I think there's a moment where like those of you not in the after, like take a beat, <laughs> you like take a minute to compose yourselves. And you just sort of have to wait now. Uh, but breaking the silence actually is Shuhai Miao. <sighs> there's something all of you should know. Now that Oka's soul is on the cusp of becoming fully realized because yes, there's no other option but success here. There's something else I've been hiding from your group. When the God Shard of Sen pulled me out of the fight against the stranger to here, to now, to protect them, to bring the stars back, to unwrite the cataclysm from reality, I wasn't alone. I wasn't the only thing they pulled back. Part of her is here, too beyond the loop, waiting to descend on Kinongbo, on everything. Part of the reason I was so harsh on all of you is I needed to know that once I gave Sen back to Oka, you'd be strong enough to defeat her, defeat this aspect of the stranger that's clawed its way back into the now. Because once Sen is fully united within your soul, Oka, I'm going back to my time. The time loop will end, and that part of the stranger will descend. And you need to beat it. Fuck. And Oka kind of like, like lifts their head up and out of Sitlali's hair and looks up at Shuhai. Can't you, can't you take it back with you? Doesn't work like that. I willingly went to the God Shard when it called for me, and this aspect of the stranger, it, uh, it wormed itself into, into the teleportation. I could, I could try to siphon it back to my time, but there's no guarantee I will be successful. Especially without the God Shard of Sin, I'm just a caster. A powerful one, yes, but I'm not a paragon. I won't be a paragon until I go back to my time, until I'm reunited with my own body, my own soul. So that's what you've been doing this whole time? Just keeping the stranger out? Yes. Oka nods slowly. While this is happening, Vasca is cast- would have casted regeneration on Oka. Um, so you will get- you will get 4d8 
hit points plus 15, um, and you will regain a hit point every six seconds, basically. So it's like a slow healing process. And that is two. That's 21 plus 15 hit points, and you'll gain one HP per six seconds, because it's per round, so per six seconds. Connie, why you look like that? Fosca. Uh-huh. It was max HP that was knocked down. Okay, that's fine. So I think... Can I get it as temp HP? <laughs> okay, I'll give it to you as temp. I'll give it to you as, as temp HP. Why not? Okay, uh, that's fair. Yeah. That's so... fair, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that so Fosca... A-okay. Fosca, I think as you were, like, trying to heal Oka, you, like, I think your hands are on their body. You see this Aurora Borealis of their ruptured, bleeding, shattered, wounded soul, and you're trying to stitch it together, maybe, let's say, but, like, it just won't go. You don't have the epoxy. You don't have the glue. You don't have the means of getting these disparate, shattered parts to stay in a cohesive formation. So what you do instead is perhaps you form, like, a shield around it, right? Like, Mm. a barrier around this shattered emptiness uh and i think as Vasca is kind of basically knitting this together using parable and kind of like failing to keep hold through frozen over marks of tears upon her face i imagine that she's standing at oka's back while this is happening and she will say and you will do it oka we will do it together and she like holds onto your shoulder and i think under your hand you can feel this like raised tissue along both of the edges of their scapula and you like know that that i think is where the like soul is coming up and out of like through where their wings tear out uh and you can feel in your hand like this like bitter laugh i think like kind of rattle in their chest Destiny's a fucking bitch. I think Vasca nods. And yet we are here to forge it, no? All the peoples upon this plane, in this time, in this world, you, I, Salali, Mercy, and Dewey are together here now. And we will make each other whole once more. We will make you whole once more. And you will forge your own goddamn destiny, Oka. I know you will. And Oka's face, I think, like, turns over on their knee, you know? Like, they have it, like, propped up. And they look down at their hands tucked into... Dr. Eluso's. You kind of glance up at their face. Do you think the gods love us because we're broken? They look a bit shoe high. None of us are like you. Not this time. Sit Lolly. As you die. Color drains from the top of the pagoda, and you just suddenly feel very, very cold, almost very tired, as the initial shock of the pain of Mercy's blade impaling your heart just settles into a kind of detached, 
chill. And as I think your vision sort of goes gently horizontal uh, as you lay flat against the floor, you see that self-same fog from earlier start to roll in. Uh, roll in past Oka's fingers, past Vasca, past Dr. Eluso's boots, past even, I think, the god jar that you have clasped uh, between your hands. All of this fog of the ethereal realm just <laughs> spills in here and obscures your friends and everything around you. Only you are in color. You and the jar. And based on your locate creature from earlier, you sense a thread. Crimson red, thin, a string of blood, weaving its way forward through the fog past your eyes. What do you do? I think I'm going to start heading in the direction of the string while also keeping an eye out for leaf if Leaf tries to show up and be like, hi, you're going the wrong way, actually. Um. You sit up out of your body. You stand, and you follow the red thread of fate. And as you use it as a tether to find yourself through this murky, white after-death, you feel a familiar presence, a soul exerting radiance that you've felt before bleeding out in the silent grove exploding into feathery wings across your face the soul of one oka makoya hien as you continue to walk your way down this thread you walk for what feels like an eternity you walk for what feels like no time at all and eventually the fog thins and you find makoya Makoya, what does your after look like? My after? Well, I've been waiting in Halo's room for forever. I don't really know why she's not back yet. I mean, sitting under the hawthorn tree outside, looking up at it, eventually I got bored, so I went upstairs to see where she was, and nobody else is here except for that, I don't know, that weird person, uh, Chuhai? who keeps trying to bother me, um, but I'm really just waiting for Halo to get here. H have you seen them? Oh, is that, is that you there? Halo? Halo? And Sitlali, the fog has parted and thinned enough to reveal a garden? A beautiful sweeping expanse of manicured horticulture, various trees, lovingly attended to by arborists based on how well they're blooming and flowering, a low, gurgling brook winding its way underneath footbridges, and a tall dream prophet's tower looming over this entire space. But the apple of your eye here is a hawthorn tree, with dark wood, gnarled, twisted branches, and Makoya Hien standing in the shade at its base. I think the fog has formed something of an oval-like aperture around this scene. The, you still see the fog extending for some distance uh, all the way to your left and all the way to your right, almost like this is a hole in a wall of fog. This is the after that the red thread cuts through, though they don't seem aware of it. And I think Sitlali just kind of looks around 
because they're not supposed to be here and they're very aware of that. And then I think, I think she just like grasps the thread in both of their hand, one of their hands, the other hand on the jar and just tugs. Hey, what the fuck was that? And they tug again. All these fucking libraries of knowledge. Uh, and McCoy again, kind of like a fish on a hook, like steps a few feet backward. And Sibali rolls her eyes and kind of like huffs. It's like, McCoy again, follow the sound of my voice or whatever. And like gives a gentler tug. <laughs> And Makoya, upon that, as you jerk forward a little bit, the edges of this garden of your after have always been a little fuzzy, a little faded in a pleasant way. If you keep walking in one direction, eventually you just find yourself back at the tree, right? And you have to really question this. It's like being in a pleasant dream. But as you hear this voice, it cuts through this ever-present haze, and you see sort of sharpening into focus uh, some number of feet past the tree, an unfamiliar changeling person tugging on something invisible that seems to be connecting them to you. They're just sort of like fuzzing into reality on the borders of the garden. Hey, hey, wait a minute. I think I remember you. Where do I know you from? You're not Halo. What are you doing here? Who are you? Um, I'm your future best friend and we met when you died. So, died. yeah, that's a lot to take in. Yeah, you died, you're dead technically, but you're not dead also at the same time. It's a lot, but like, if you come over here, then we can talk about it more. And also you can probably be alive again, technically, because you're technically alive right now. It's complicated. Mm, yeah, my mom said that I probably shouldn't go anywhere in my dreams. I feel like that was like a dream interpretation 101 when somebody's like, follow me. Uh, I feel like that was like a warning that we got. Yeah, yeah, but you're also not a very good dream prophet, and those are your words, not mine. So like... All right, you're making some sense here. You're making some sense. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. And stepping into reality, shimmering all the way up, Shuhai Miao appears. Another changeling person, Makoya Hien, that's occasionally here sometimes, especially when you kind of wander to the edge of the garden. They always appear and gently guide you back to the tree by hand. Oh, it's you again. Are you fr- Do you know each other? Am I supposed to go this way? Shuhai stands between Sitlali and Makoya, like blocking off the two of you in equidistance. And their back is turned to Makoya and their eyes are trained on Sitlali. You again. Me again. This isn't your after. Correct. Why are you here? Well, technically you sent me, in a way. <laughs> I do have a faint memory, a faint recollection, a precognition that this, and they sort of point backward without looking at Makoya, is not supposed to be held here forever. But how do I know they're supposed to go with you and not someone else? 
I think they kind of hold up the jar. Galtanger says hi. They've got Galtanger. What is that? That looks like a flower pot. It's not a flower pot, McQuaya. It looks like a flower pot. If you really are supposed to be the one to bring McCoya Hien out of their shattered half after, then you're going to have to convince them yourself. And with that, Shuhai actually steps away and clears the path between the two of you. And the fog parts a little bit more around the edges of the oval, Sitlali, to sort of admit you entrance temporarily. Oh, whoa. Okay. Um, yeah, Sitlali walks in. Um, and I think Mokoya's eyes, like curious, bright, intelligent, like focused, look over you, and they stop at the rapier at your hip, right? Yep. Oh, can you fight? Technically, yes. Oh, spar with me. If I win, I'll go with you. I haven't sparred in ages. Come on, I'm bored. If you win, you'll come with me. What if I, what if I win? I guess I'll come with you also. Fair enough. And they unsheath their rapier um, and hold the jar. Still, they're afraid to put it down. Like, <laughs> how big is the jar? Like, <laughs> Portable size? Uh, there's like a there's like a loop on the end of it that um you've seen Dewey attached to like a belt on his hip. Belt. Salali doesn't have belts. <laughs> God damn it. Salali doesn't wear pants. Um I think they'll find a way to ah, they have mending. They'll tear like part of their dress and like tie it to like across their back, I think. And also, like, so they can have their shield, uh, Elomeo. Uh, <laughs> and is like, like, I think to themselves is kind of like, God, I hope Oka doesn't remember kicking my ass as a 16-year-old um, as they, like, take a stance. <laughs> That's a pretty good stance. Uh, why do you have that? Um, well, whatever. Uh, and I think McCoy just kind of comes at you real fast, right? Uh, they're not as good as Oka is, is something that I think you would notice, but they are well-trained, just like they are, uh, and they seem very excited, and I think, like, each time, like, I think a sword just kind of apparates into their hand out of the mist, right, I assume? It's, like, beautiful, like, dowel blade with a little red ribbon off the end, uh, and they use it and, uh, just come at you pretty quick. So I think as the first round commences, I need the two of you to either make an athletics or an acrobatics check against each other. 24. 17. How does McCoy get the better of Sitlali in the first part of the fight? I think they're just kind of having fun uh, and like playing. And I think they like skirt around Sitlali to kind of like almost like peer at the god jar and they're like what is this thing and like they almost like pick it up off of Sitlali's back which maybe is kind of like frightening but then they use that like as an oppor- like kind of a teasing opportunity to just like uh, tap the sword against their side ah gotcha so you did so you won so you'll come with me 
I was really supposed to wait for Halo to get here. We were gonna go to the Silent Grove with my sisters. Where are my sisters? You already went to the Silent Grove with your sisters, Nikoya. That's why you're here. Are you really telling the truth? I am. Can I go back? Yes. Will you be a better fighter when I go back? With your help, probably. And you say we're best friends? Like, best friends? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We are. Okay. Cool. So let's... And I think they try to find their own soul's tether. Um, how is that doing? Because they haven't been super conscious of it. Voska, give me an Arcana check. Arcana check, let's go. <laughs> to, to fish, to be a little fisherwoman. <laughs> this is the Transplater fishing minigame, and I'm into it. Uh, that is a... Whew, whew, yeah, okay. 12, I, was, I rolled a 12, so 12 plus 12 is 24. Yeah, so while you're able to <gasps> find it, it feels like Voska. Uh, sort of like attached to like coming out of your back perhaps cool 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 tight 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 um i think they you know put away their shield and rapier and just kind of like hold out a hand to makoya and makoya kind of looks back at shuhai meow mm, thanks for hanging out with me you're kind of an asshole though sometimes i really have to say it mm, and you're kind of a brat neither of these things change for the record <laughs> That's ironic. I thought you were supposed to be my best friend. I I am. It's called playful ribbing, Makoya. Oh. Well, your sword stance does does need some work, yeah. Yes, yes, it does. I'm this pretty fucking terrible at it. Let's go. <laughs> and I think as the two of you make your way out of the after toward that aperture that had opened, uh, Shuhai Miao steps in close to you, Sitlali, um, before you leave, and sort of says to you, Well done. But listen, you better hurry. Dark's coming. And they know exactly what that means, and they hurry. <laughs> uh, as you step at, back out over the threshold of McCoy's after, you see it begin to disintegrate. Now that there's no soul in it to power it, to make it happen, uh, you see like the wisps of the hawthorn tree bleeding out into this white mist, the tall, proud dream prophet pagoda just vanishing like candle smoke being blowed out by a gentle breeze. And the last thing to go is Shuhai Miao's silhouette. They're standing there one hand up, right? Like biding you good luck before they as well wipe away like a mirage in a desert. Bye, Halo. And then it's just you and the shattered part of Makoya Hien and that thread connecting you to Voska and the God Jar, surrounded by this white mist. And Sitlali, behind you, you see a shadow fall across the after, like lights being flicked out at the end of a corridor as the cataclysm begins to come. We pull out of the scene, back into the now, where I think a number of hours have passed. Uh, that entire sequence, it takes a long time. Is funny when you're dead, right? Uh, and I think at this point, Mercy 
has sort of like stuck her sword into the ground and is leaning against it, right? Like into the floor of the pagoda and has her like big muscular arms crossed over her chest, her eyebrows knotted together, sort of glancing occasionally at Vasca. Dr. Luso hasn't left Oka or Sitlali's side at all. They've like held onto Oka's hand this entire time and is gently stroking the back of it and like sort of talking in low tones to Oka occasionally. Shuhai Miao is sort of pacing by the banister, like casting glances off to the railing down into the bamboo grove at the base of the pagoda, occasionally occasionally looking up at the stars, at the wheel of sen glittering in beautiful constellation in the night sky. What are the rest of you doing? Uh, Dewey is sitting on the other side of Oka, uh, opposite Dr. Aluso, um, sort of with his back facing uh, the two of them, and he's got his Godjar notes spread all over the floor. Uh, he's sort of just been going over them over and over and over, uh, trying to make sure everything was correct, everything, he did everything right, because it's taking so long, and that's never a good sign. Um, and he's gone over these for the past couple of hours, so they're, everything that's been reviewed has been reviewed. Um, so he's sort of taken a break from that, and he's just staring up off the edge of the pagoda um, and at the sky, trying to see, hoping, praying that Sitlali comes back with Makoya and the Godjar before the Cataclysm comes back. Because it has been hours, Vaska is dancing. An extremely somber dance, like Bharatanatyam, it is of beats, of stomps, to keep focus on Silali's soul tether because it has been so long and it's just try and it's using like parable as as a flourish of the pool, especially when Silali is sparring with Makoya. It's just like there's like moments where you see like the steps kind of go a little unwieldy and she tethers it back with parable seamlessly at an attempt to stay focused and she will keep a promise. She's not going to let go. I think Oka is pretty much exactly where they fell the first time. And even though there's this like knitted framework of health that Vasca wove around them and around their soul, it's like, it's kind of exactly like what you said, Connie. It's like a fox jumped into their soul, tore it all up with its teeth and then jumped out. Uh, so they're tired. There's like, they're kind of like, reliving those strange days where their soul had been completely punched out of their body by the Paragon Killer and all they could do was sit in the bath and hope that Vinash would keep them alive. And I think they're kind of in a similar mind space, but it's different this time because they are kind of shifting from like, I think occasionally looking over Dewey's shoulder pointing out different like intricacies in the divine triptych specifically, like looking at the runes and uh, giving like soft advice, like soft words of, I think like affirmation of like that theory is, was proven like blah, 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 blah. Um, to like going to watch Vasca dance, you know, to just kind of staring and watching Shuhai uh, and then speaking with Dr. Eluso occasionally. Um, trying to keep some kind of tether on this like bloodline, right? That's connecting them to themselves 
which I think is a really odd feeling, an odd sensation that they have not really felt before. I really like that. I think there's a moment where Mercy's watching Bosca, you know, her arms crossed, seeing this paragon in deep focus, try, like doing the equivalent of being a tightrope walker spinning plates uh, to keep that thread from falling and slipping out of focus. And Mercy just sort of says, <clears throat> uh, Vasca? Yes, and like Vasca's kind of like leant down with Parable leaning against like her left hand and uses her knee to pivot and it start like a new a new section of the dance. Listen, uh, about everything that happened in the, you know, when we were on the beach again. Uh, Vasca is quiet. Yes? Listen, I just wanted to say, I know, I know I can be a dick sometimes, but I really, I forgot, I forgot I said that. And, um, look, I know... I know how much you care about Sitali, and you want them to be okay, and I want them to be okay too, and I just, I know it wasn't your fault that Atalanta died, okay? It wasn't anyone's fault. If anything, it was it was Oka, uh, Manaya, V, and Dewey's fault, really, for the whole carnival thing, uh, but I'm not going to unpack that right now. Um, all I know is that it's not, it wasn't you. You didn't, you didn't do anything wrong. There's the sound of the friction of rope against palm as it goes taut in her hand and the dart piece of parable dangles like a pendulum spinning clockwise. And Fosca murmurs, there is a kindness that I owe to you on that beach. A kindness that I did not show you. Atalanta's death spared none. <laughs> yeah, uh... Yeah, I guess it didn't. But you know, the funny thing about being me... Is I've known and I've loved... These incredible people and... So many of them are dead, Bosca. And it's just me left. Bravi's dead. Atalanta's dead. Sitbali died. I hope they're coming back. They better come back. They're gonna come back, but... They, they will not die. As the voice lowers, strained... And I think that might have been the moment where, like, Sitlali gets tapped by Makoya, and it's like, there's like a snap in focus, and Bosca brings it back. I, I can't lose them, okay? You gotta bring them back. Please. Bosca through foggy, icy eyes, the stain of crystal upon her dark brown skin looks mercy in the eyes probably finally for the first time as she says no one should know the pain of love lost and I will spare you that I will keep my promise 
Salali will be back home in your arms. Upon Nibuza's tongue, I promise. And Shuhai finishes pacing. <sighs> well, that promise better come quick. As you all see on the northern horizon, the first line of stars begin to vanish. Sitlali, the darkness begins to press closer, leeching an empty, desiccated energy that is the exact opposite of reality. This is non-existence. This is the vacuum of space, the darkness between stars, the nothing before there was something. This is the nothing plane, and it is coming ever closer. What do you do? Uh, hey, future best friend, what the fuck is that? I think they're running uh, at this point, and I don't think Sidlali answers. Um, I think they are doing, we're past 4D chess, we're like 8D chess at this point, um, <laughs> trying to figure out how to make this happen. Um, and I think there was a moment of just in case, and she goes to cast anti-life shell on herself um, and starts to, while running, um, cause it's not that high of a level spell, but um, she goes to start drawing out the sigil for that. And, and if I may- And that's when the we same idea at the same time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same <laughs> <laughs> brain. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, as you start to draw out the sigil, you see it glow streaking through the white mist that's being eaten up by this empty darkness encroaching faster, faster, faster behind you. And that's when the weave snaps. In the middle of you casting a spell, like stray guitar strings just ricocheting, rubber banding back against the skin of your soul, said Ali. And what level were you casting anti-magic shell, Alligan? Anti-life shell? Uh, um, fifth. Fifth. Oh. Uh-huh. Okay, you're gonna take 5d8, and I've rolled 19, so not bad, uh, points of force damage. Okay, okay, From that okay, backfire okay. spell. Okay. And I think... Sitlali stops. Uh, hey, uh, what the fuck is- are we running or are we not running? I thought you were gonna take me back to my body. What's going on? And I think, if I may, Connie, I think Sitlali reaches out and manages to tug on one of the now snapped strings of the weave. Okay and feels it screaming as if it were their own vocal cords shredding. And I think her hand tightens around McCoy's in this like split second where they pause. And Sitlali feels the weave writhing in pain. Sitlali feels it dying and screaming and weeping. And Oka, I think you smell Sitlali's blood. Not from Mercy's blade, but fresh 
as in the after, Sitlali wills their own palm to split where it touches that string of the weave. And they're whispering, I won't let you die. You're okay. You're okay. You're gonna be okay. As tears well, and she realizes that this is what they have been fighting for this entire time. And Sitlali pledges this blood oath to the weave. And then I think it's back to she looks at Makoya and they run some more. Ooh. If I may, if I may, in this split second, when you're pledging this blood oath, I think you see it. You see the weave lit up for the first time in your life. You've always been able to imagine the weave, maybe even sense it, but you've never been able to visualize it the way you currently can now. And you see these beautiful, lambent threads of magic all around you, like you're in an ocean of tapestry. It's marvelous. Some threads are thicker than others. Some are thinner. Some spiral. Others are straight. Some weave and tangle and knot while others move parallel on tracks next to each other. It's glorious. It's magic. This is magic. And you see them beginning to snap. One thin one in the distance at first just bing and then another one snapping, and then a big thick one pulling, 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 like two very heavy objects on either end are like pulling an iron thread across, across, across. You see little splinters like splitting off in the middle and that one snaps off as well. And there's that massive snapping noise. That's what it is. The snapping noise is the literal threads of the weaver beginning to get cut. And I think as you fling your palm out, you see in your own ghostly form, a crimson blood well up in the center of your hand as you pull onto a thread, I think. Uh, And you're able to physically grab onto the snapped ends of the weave here if you want and try to like pull it, like like keep it from disappearing in this moment if you would like to try that. Yeah, Uh uh-huh, yes, hello. I am slamming the yes button. Okay, sounds good. And as you do, you're like pulling on these, onto these threads. You see that red thread connecting Makoya to somewhere deeper into the mist back to Oka. And you also see Bosca's thread uh, connecting you, right? Like from your chest also deeper into the fog. But there's so many different strings all around you that Bosca's thread starts to kind of get lost in the weft work. And it's like you're pulling onto the weave, but the darkness is coming and Bosca's thread is getting lost and Makoya is just there. And then in the midst of all this chaos, you hear a voice. Both of you hear a voice go, Oh, hi there. And you see a fox with two antlers sitting in the middle of the ethereal plain. Sen, this fox cocks its head at you and when it turns its snout, you see a rabbit's face. And when it turns its head back, you see a fox's face. Like it's an image suspended in a hologram, always flickering between various forms. That's a good oath you pledged there. Thanks. I think the weave is quite happy with you. Um, but this isn't good. Follow me. Okay. And grinning, 
This fox just sort of turns with its big bushy tail whipping around it, and it hops onto Vasca's thread like it can see the threads as well, and it begins to trot down like a tightrope walker, leading you back toward the now. Yeah, we're going. <laughs> as you and Makoya book it, you can see these radiant threads just snapping in your face. It's horrifying. It's like watching like a forest burn down in front of your eyes. It's it's really sad as you just see these threads get snapped, 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 being devoured hungrily by this darkness nipping at your heels. And you sort of like see like, you know, like Sen continuing to run down and traipse down this thread of, of Vasca's. And you sort of like hear it say sort of like over its shoulder, oh yeah, and um, don't look back. And I think Sit Lolly clamps a hand over McCoy's eyes and keeps going. And as the two of you run following Sen, I think the last image we get before the fog parts to reveal the now and you're flung back into your bodies and the cataclysm comes in the now is that thing behind you that Sen had warned you not to look at. You all don't see it, but as we swing back behind, the audience perceives red light brimming within the darkness as a single red iris flutters open. And then, Sitlali, you gasp awake uh, on the cold wooden floor of the pagoda. Uh, Oka, you also gasp awake, I think, right? And as something floods into your body, whoa, that is weird. And Vasca, you feel that line that had connected you to the afterglow slack as both Sitlali's soul, Makoya's soul, and Zen return back to the now. But that's when the final line of stars goes dark. Everything is plunged into a shadowy abyss. And you all hear the roaring and screaming of the weave snapping around you as terrified shouts start to come from Kinongbo beneath you, and then an ox cart trundles up the main road, massive wheels churning through frozen mud. A dancer twirls on a stage wearing a white fox mask. A fight breaks out on the threshold of an inn, and the four of you and Mercy stand at the entrance of Kinongbo on the edge of Adolin. Oka, mm, there's something in your soul that has not been in your soul for over seven years, eight at this point, because this is Adolin. It feels like, hmm, have you ever had an organ ripped out of your body and you lived without it for seven years and then no, it was shot back in? No, I haven't. It's no, like I haven't, that. Connie. It's like no, that. No, I haven't felt that. That is not a universal experience. Have you felt this? Like every every Tom Dick and Harry. Has. It's like it's like losing a part of yourself, say your heart. It's like losing the ability to love. And you live without it for seven years, you adapt to it. You learn affection, you learn the names of lovers, you learn how to hold people the right way to act and perform. And then when it comes flooding back. It's at once familiar and a stranger. And I think Oka, Makoya being back inside your soul, it is overwhelming. I think you fall to your knees. Vasca's on that shit. That that was a lot. No, we, we're not doing this. String went slack. Salali, maybe here? Salali here. Okay. 
I, I, I know we technically have a long rest, but I like to imagine Voska is like drenched in sweat, and they have all crystallized into ice. And she like snaps her head as Oka falls, and shards of ice just fall off of her face, and like gets onto her knees and like starts checking every. A lot has just happened. We need to make sure our friend's alive. Mm. Yeah, as you like run over to Oka, I think we push in on your frantic face, Oka, and into your psyche. And I think we are back at that hawthorn tree. But Makoya Hien is standing in the shade and you, Oka, are standing in the light. And Makoya looks at you. Who? Who the hell are you? What the fuck do you mean, who am I? You look just like me, but what happened to your hair? All those scars? I like it short, okay? First of all, I like it short. We like it short. Do we? Don't we miss it long? Wait, what do you mean miss it, like it, we? I... You're... you're... me, aren't you? We're me. We're... We're... Us? We're us. We're Makoya Hien. Oka Hien. Oka Hien. And I think as the two of you continue to talk, like, the distance, even though none of you take a step forward, starts to shrink as shade starts to bleed into light. Wait, what the fuck is that? And they turn and you see the Tilian standing, I think, in the middle of like a chrysanthemum garden. I, I'll explain that later. Um, is that us? That's, that's also us. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I tried to get us back. I don't know where you've been. And I don't really think you're going to like where I've been. (laughs) I don't really think I know where I've been either. But this feels right, I think. Being... Being hurts. It, it, It hurts, Oka. And that's all I really know. Is there more than that? Will we ever know more than that? Yeah. I think you will. I think we will. I think all of us will. Just for a minute. Okay. Okay. And Oka reaches out and hugs their younger self tight against their chest. And as you hug, the shadow and the light bleed into each other to become one. And as we pull out of your face in the now, I think your eyes fly open. And Vasca, you can just sort of see soul magic like vibrate off of Oka's shoulder blades, like those wings are about to come out again. But then you just sort of see like all these disparate colors flash in this Aurora Borealis appearing for a split second above Oka's head, like a halo. And then it all melds 
together. And Oka, what's the color of your soul? How did I not think that this would be the next question? Ah! Silver. Not gold, not blue, it's silver now. But still just as metallic with that same shine. Silver. A silver soul melding into perfect cohesion and then sinking back into Oka's skin. So in my professional opinion, is everything okay? I, Val is no soul doctor, but Vasca is. In your professional opinion, Vasca, yeah. Yeah. Everything's okay now. No need for surgery. Oh, thank Jesus. <laughs> I think... I think Vasca would do her due diligence and kind of like just scan through the threads to kind of like understand what just happened. And Connie, if you would allow it, and Oka, if you would allow it, I think she would realize the fusion that has just happened and maybe feel the tethers of a young soul growing back into their older self. Atelian attached there as well. Does, oh wait, that's a question. Does Atelian, because it's all three now, right? All three occupants. All all good on that front? Okay. Yeah, weirdly enough. You've weirdly never seen enough. this happen in your entire life as a soul magician. This is borderline unethical magic. This is unethical magic. It's like a soul that was shattered and put together, and now there's also an emissary in there somewhere, and they're all the same person now. It's very odd. Good, good to know, good to know. Love that for us. Uh, I think Bosca's a little too tired to delve into ethics right now. But I think like she kind of like pulls and I, you see the transformation of the colors from blue gold just turns silver as she's pulling onto the thread. And Oka, as you gasp awake, if you so allow, Vasca holds your face tenderly. And I think as you do, they kind of look up and their hair starts to get longer and longer and it just kind of like grows almost like that first time where it turned into a mane but it just kind of keeps growing like out of their like just like out and down spills down over their shoulders goes all the way past their hips where they're kneeling on the ground past their knees and like spools down this like long beautiful black hair uh and they kind of look up at you I think like Vasca's cradling your back now because you're knelt and like holding you and one hand is on your cheek and she says good morning and then her hand will trace down to your chest and she whispers they're still young be kind to them and Oka throws their arms around you and hugs you Vasca's taken aback. That's not was not expecting that, but like uh, I think in her surprise, like falls onto her back, but holds you just the same. <laughs> Fuck! Uh, 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 uh. And Oka kind of like stands up, right? Like kind of fast, like up and off. Vasca, I think, pulls you up too. Whips around this like massive hair, just kind of like flits around their whole head and body and they look for Sitlali. Sitlali, you, you did it. You did, you did, you did, you did it. You did it. You did it. 
You did it. And I think Sitlali is like thousand yards staring like at an ox cart or something as like a third marigold blooms from their chest. On their chest, it's like a tattoo, but different. And when she hears their name, they're just kind of like, like there's an acknowledgement, like, but she doesn't quite connect like the sound with being spoken to. There's just kind of like a head turn, I think. Sitlali, thank you. Yeah, of course. Do you think that God jar is good to work again? Oh my God, the God jar, where, is it, is it okay? Sitlali realizes that they have it um, and holds it up. Is it good, DM? It's totally fine with that nat 20 that Dewey got. It is 100% okay. And upon you holding it up, Mercy, who's like been patting herself down, looking around, Sitlali, oh, thank the gods. And she actually runs forward and I think like shoves the god jar out of the way a little bit. And I think it tumbles like through the air out of your hand, but Dewey like like, catches it. Uh, And Mercy just kisses you and holds you tight. I think it surprises them, but like, yeah, she kind of (laughs) melts. A lot just happened to him. (sighs) Vaska. And Mercy turns immediately to look at Vaska and Oka tangled up on the ground. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think uh, for the first time in this Jukai party, Vaska laughs. Lighthearted, and it's like light giggles bubbling up like sea foam bubbling out to the surface of the ocean. She just laughs. She says, "What are you talking about?" Wow, Vaska, you have a really pretty laugh. Oh, <laughs> oh I don't know why I said that. I don't know why. These fucking homosexual. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> that was really. Good. If you two start dating, though, I'm going to fucking eat my boot. No, I, um, <laughs> it's, uh, I, <laughs> where's Sagu? <laughs> and I think Mercy, like, looks up toward where the pagoda is. Think I have an idea where your little Sagu and Shuhai Meow, bastard of the fucking hour, both are. Sit so, you're okay, though, right? I noticed the third flower sort of on your chest. Was that was that always there? I, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, but they seem to bloom every time you, you die. Every time, well, anyway, anyway. Tower time? Yes? Dewey, you didn't answer my question. Who else do you have in mind? Who else needs saving? I would need to ask, probably, but I can think of someone who would like to probably be alive again. And Sidlali has a slightly unhinged look on their face. Like... They are clearly scheming and not, they're being cagey on purpose. Uh, sure, maybe. Do we need to, is this like a nat, like right now thing or? I mean, considering Oka's soul is now um, capable of holding Sen, it would, um, before they get Sen, maybe um, is the only time to do it. So maybe, possibly. 
what? I mean, I just committed the greatest fucking sacrilege I could have. So why stop at one, right? Sidali, what are you? What are you talking about? Who are you trying to bring back? Leave. Leave. That's. Oh. It wasn't Leaf's time, and wouldn't Rev be happy if Leaf came back? And now we have a way to do it. It worked. It worked once. So who wants to come me this time? I mean, Sibali. you don't have to do. If you want to Sibali. do it again, that's fine. Sibali. I'm not a soul magician or any sort of magic person at all in any way, shape, or form, but even I know that it's one thing to bring back a shattered piece of a soul from the after to reunite it in its proper owner who's still alive, and quite another to try to trap an unwilling soul and bring it back. Well, I would ask first, obviously. Everything I know about Leaf from you, I don't think she'd come willingly. I can be very persuasive. Mercy speaks wisely as oh, Vasco oh, oh. picks herself up and dusts herself off from the ground and walks over to you, Sonali. I understand. I understand. But as Mercy says, reuniting, fixing what is broken is, is different than wrenching one that is whole back across to where it doesn't belong. And I do not say this to disheart me as she closes the distance more. You are one of boundless potential. You have so much ability that I don't think even the gods could dare quantify you. But as Mercy says, as Bosca looks at Mercy and looks back at you, is that what Leaf would want? And I think Sitlali grabs on to the front of Vasca and leans in. Maybe I could bring her back too. Vasca closes her eyes. What if I just kept doing this? And I swore a blood oath to the weave. That means something. I think that part maybe gets uh, lost in everything that you've just said as Vasco holds your shoulders and looks you in the eye and there's this glaze of ice across her eyelids I know the look of grief I do and if Oblivion called me Sidlali I would go willingly to her I cannot bear and her voice breaks a little bit and I think only you would catch that I cannot bear whatever this would do to her soul one day I may join her but if you pulled her here if you pulled Leaf here you might lose them in every facet of the world you understand, Sulali. I think Sulali lets go and kind of pushes off of Vasca abruptly and just kind of turns to Oka. And ha- like, there's still like this kind of wild desperation there, I think. And like a silent pleading to back them up. And I think Oka is kind of standing there with 
their like hair just on the ground. And I think they had started to cry. And these like now silver tears kind of like eking down their face, even though their face doesn't betray like the fact that they're crying. And they look at you and shake their head now. I'm sorry, Sibali. I don't want it to be true, but it was Ravi's time to die. And it was Atalanta's time to die. And it was Leaf's time to die too. And Sibali kind of lets all of that sink in. Locked eyes with Oka. I swore a blood oath to the weave. Welcome to the fine arts of necromancy. Do I have to fucking plane shift us there again? Is that still the best way to get there? I, uh, <clears throat> I think, I think, I think so. I mean, Shuhai Miao hasn't appeared, and Doctor Lisa's still there. What if they're, you know, uh. You know what? For, 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 for forget the implication that I'm I'm putting up there, Oka. You look great. Your hair, wow. That's what's it like to have your soul back together? Am I crying? What the fuck? Yeah, and it's like silver instead of your usual gold, which was weird to begin with. Um, to be clear, Oka just kind of stare stands there wildly. Their hair hasn't been brushed in seven years, and it's past their feet. Uh, let me just, uh, hmm. And Mercy pulls out one of her ponytail, like, scrunchies that she wears and hands it to you. Luca just kind of looks at it. Thanks, Mercy. All right, Zibali. Get us up there. I'm debating if their magic looks different now. I think it looks a little bit more like Dr. O's. I think it's a little less, I think it's a little more intuitive. I think it's easier for Sitlali to know which threads to pull. And like, even though she can't see it right now, they've seen it. So it's less involved and more just kind of quick bursts of color and it happens because I they like that. wanted it too. Yeah, you're not like drawing sigils and like necessarily reciting a spell or thinking about like the book learning of magic, right? It's more just like you go with your gut and you just do it. Kind of like how Dr. Luso had explained how they were able to just do magic. And yeah, there's a pop of color as you just pull on the threads of the weave that feel very familiar to you now. You don't see them anymore, but you can grasp them. You can sense them with your fingers and pull and boom. All of you are at the top of the pagoda yet again. Kinongbo, a tiny speck at the base of this tower, the massive wheel of Sen glittering in a bright, dazzling silver constellation amid the dark, Dr. Eluso at a tea table, Shuhai Miao standing, pacing, waiting, hands clasped behind their back, they pause as the five of you zap into existence. <sighs> Finally. Yes. Yes. Hello, Makoya, Oka, welcome back. How is your soul now that it is one? Come on, we don't have all day, answer. Uh, yes. Yes, your soul is yes, that's not a response, Paragon. Okay, well it is yes. If you're to take up my mantle, you have to be a little bit more poetic than that. 
How does it feel in your body? It's like I forgot how to smile. And it's kind of heavy um, and warm. <laughs> Good. That's a start. You, Jinka, I mean, Voska, you're gonna have to do some soul therapy with them when I'm gone, okay? Keep them tethered. They risk, they risk splitting again if they're not completely whole, all right? Voska nods, and Oka, if you so allow it, will take your hand and thread it between her fingers. Dr. Luso, <laughs> Vasca Gayrist. Um, Dr. Luso rises from the tea table and is immediately by Vasca and Oka's side. Oka, you, your hair, it's so long. I, I mean, you look, you look g- good. You're you now. I mean, you've always been you, but you're now more you. There's more of you in you now. Mm-hmm. Well- <laughs> Vasco will remove herself from that situation because she's got some awareness and will walk over to Dewey and just murmur very quietly. I hope you're ready for Vasco's attempt at a joke as she looks at Dewey and goes, Sure, I just asked Oka to be poetic. I thought I was the paragon of the future. Didn't know that Sen partook in storytelling. As she chuckles a little bit and stands by Dewey's side. <clears throat> was that? And this is Mercy. Was that a joke? Vasco, did you just try to tell a joke? Oh, was that a, was that a joke? Laugh! Dewey, don't be <laughs> you fucking rude. <laughs> that, is, that is all the feedback I needed. Um, I'll go back to workshopping. <sighs> huh. You know, you are, you are full of surprises, Vasca. Okay, you and Dr. Luso claps their hands on either side of your cheeks. You're, you're there, you're, and they're like pulling out like your shirt. They're like, look like patting you down. Your hair, it's, you're you, you're, huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, are, are you okay? Um, yeah, it's, um, um, like, your hair, like, your, your eyes? My, my eyes? Yeah, um, they're, they're a little brown again. Oh, it must be because I've been away from the chasm for a couple, a couple weeks now, days, months? I mean, technically, well, time is weird here, huh? Uh, but, well, yes. And Dr. Lissa sort of worries the top of their head, and you see that some darkish roots have grown out, actually? Yes. I, I have a theory about something in the chasm radiating something that makes me... Uh, that's besides yeah, the point. you have a lot of theories about a lot of things. I do. I have a lot of theories about everything. Yeah. But you look... Yeah. I'm so happy for you. You're... I will help Vasca do the soul therapy if, if, if you want. I'm not going to intrude or invite myself, but I feel if you need help, you know, um, being you again. No, no, Dr. Luso, you may take over. I can take a backseat. Backseat? Oh, perhaps we can go elk riding together? Do things that you like to do to keep you grounded in your sense of identity? 
you and me, we can go elk riding. We can, um, what else do you like? We can spar, though I'm not, I'm not a formally trained duelist like you, uh, but I can learn, I can learn. Uh, I do have a photographic kinetic memory. Um, can I kiss you? Huh? Never mind! Uh, and Oka turns around as fast as they can and, and, and walks over to Sean! Wait, wait, and, and Dr. Luso on your way grabs the back of your shirt, turns you around, and kisses you. This episode of The Second Stranger was edited by Connie Chong. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and ExplainTrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out ExplainTrade.com. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Alex, Brooke Bright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Emma, Hat, Conding, Lex Slater, Lyle and Peanut, Purple Mouse, Riley, Scruffisus, and Target.